and I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We know and believe that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so, Father, I pray that every word spoken will have life, will have encouragement, will have the power to change and even break chains and shackles. And Lord, I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following your word as a result of us hearing it, believing it, and acting on it in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that every heart is receptive, every mind will be open, and every ear will hear what the Spirit of God is saying to them. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And if you believe that prayer, say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. I do want to tell you that last week we had uh, 25 decisions for Christ. Can somebody just give the Lord a hand clap last week? And two weeks ago, God gave us a prophetic word. And that prophetic word was that favor was... Come on, class. Favor was favor was on the way. And in order for us to receive the manifestation of God's promises in our lives, we must make sure that faith that we have is intact and it stays intact. So the goal of today's lesson is to help everyone understand how faith works and what hinders our faith from working. So I need you to get your page turning fingers out. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get your page turning fingers out today. Get your page turning fingers out because this lesson will require a lot of God's word tonight. So if you have your Bibles, find Romans chapter 12, Romans 12, we're going to look in verse 3, and then Matthew chapter 6, verses 30. That was Romans 12, 3, and then Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. And before we jump into the lesson. I just want to give you some facts about faith. Everybody say facts about faith. First of all, faith is needed to please God. How many want to please God in your life? I know a lot of times we think that it's how we live that pleases God, but what really pleases God is our faith and your faith will help you help you live. Our faith helps us to please God and that's in, that's in Hebrews eleven six. It says, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And then here's the second fact about faith. Is that faith has been given to every believer so that we all can please God and live by his promises. Now in Romans chapter 12 verse 3, it will probably come on the screen. It says, for I say through the grace of God given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly, watch this, than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to what? Come on class. God has given to how many? Every man, read it with me, the measure of faith. It didn't say a measure. It said the measure, which means that when we got born again, God gave everybody the same amount of faith. Now look at your neighbor and say, are you using yours? 
Now look at him again and say, don't be asking me nothing in service. God has given to every believer the same amount of faith. Now here's the thing that I discovered through my study this week. There are two main descriptions of faith. And the New Testament uses the English word faith 247 times. Just in the New Testament. And so what I'm going to do is give you both descriptions of how faith was used in the New Testament. So you can see which side of faith that you're on. Amen. Now the first way that faith was used, it was only used five times. Everybody say five times. And you know what it means? It means the lacking of confidence in Christ. It also means little faith. Now just look at your neighbor again and say, do you have little faith? Now look at the other one and say, didn't I say don't say nothing to me? <laughs> little faith. Now in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 30, this is what it says. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe thee? Read it with me. O you of little faith. This word little faith, or the word faith, is that word faith on the little faith side, which was used only five times. But watch this now. The other faith was used 242 times in the Bible. And it's the Greek word pistis. Everybody say pistis. Now, just go to Matthew chapter 9. Go to Matthew chapter 9 because I really want to take you there. This second faith called pistis, it means to believe with full conviction. Now, I need uh, one of my aides uh, right here. Come on up, Dennis. Come on up. Uh, I want to show you what it means to have full conviction. Everybody say full conviction. Now, what is your name? Dennis. Dennis. Are you sure? Yes. You sure your name is not Ray? I'm positive. You look like you can be a Billy. <laughs> You're not Billy. No. What's your name again? Dennis. How do you know your name is Dennis? I just know it's Dennis. You know it's Dennis. You convinced. So I, can I talk you out of your name being Dennis? No. If I gave you a million dollars, would you change your name? Yes. <laughs> okay. Go, 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 go sit down. He was fully convinced until something that looked better came across his path. And when you are fully convinced in faith, you will not move regardless of what you see. Can you say amen to that? Now in Matthew 9, watch this word pistis at work. Now here's one of the things that you may want to write down if you're taking notes. Is that pistis faith always has works behind it. The first one had fear and always had little conviction. But the second one says, I'm fully convinced, but it also has works attached to it. Watch Matthew 9, look at verse 2. And behold, they brought to him a sick man of the palsy laying on a bed. And Jesus, read it with me, seeing, seeing what? Come on, class. Jesus saw their faith, which means that he had to see some action connected to what they said they believe. So Pistis' faith doesn't just say, I believe, it has action 
attached to it. Can you say amen? And it goes on to say, And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins have been forgiven. Now go to Matthew 15. Go to Matthew 15. Because let me show you something else about Pistus' faith. It's that Pistus' faith not only has works, and Pistus' faith is not only a full conviction, but Pistus' faith is designed to grow. And there are a lot of believers. They get saved. They get the measure of faith. And it never grows. Watch this now. Matthew 15, look at verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your what? That's that word pistis. Notice pistis faith is great. He says, be it unto you even as you will. And her, da- and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So here's the first point that I want you to write down if you're taking notes. Faith starts with a promise. Now, remember now, God gave us a prophetic word. A prophetic word is when God says something through someone and that person utters it out. And so he's given us a promise that favor was on the way. Now, because faith has to start with a promise. Remember now, the word of God says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. So in order for faith to come, I must hear something and not just hear anything, but hear the Word. So faith starts with a promise. Say this with me. Say faith starts with a promise. Now promises can be, they can come in three different ways. In other words, when you get a promise from God, it can come three ways. Number one, it can come through being believed. You say, well, what is that? This is when you and I believe what comes from his word. That's why when people give me these odd stories about what God said and none of it is in the Bible, I don't believe them. Come on now, have you had somebody had a dream that they was at McDonald's and one of the cheeseburgers turned into a a demon? Come on, we all know those over spiritual people that the, the devil make them do everything. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, you're probably that over-spiritual person. (laughs) Promises come from being believed, and that belief is coming from his word. Here's a second way promises come. Number two, by being received. Everybody say received. And this is when a word is spoken verbally, prophetically, or spiritually. And when I say spiritually, it's when the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And you have to be sensitive in order for you to receive. And one of the ways that this prophetic word has come is it was prophetically said to us. I remember years ago, everybody said years ago. Years ago, and uh, some of you all who are a little older, maybe like my age, 49 and up. When the Cowboys were having their glory days, there was a guy that played on their team named Larry Brown. Well, uh, my wife and I, we know Larry and his wife, and at the time, we all went to church together. Well, Larry got laid off. He played like cornerback or something like that. Uh, He got laid off from the Cowboys in the middle of the season. And I remember seeing Larry at church one day, and the Spirit of God told me to tell him that the Cowboys was going to call him back and rehire him. Now, how many know they don't do that doing playoffs? But they only do it if they really need you. And I told them, I said, they're going to call you and, and they're going to call you this week. 
He saw me that, that, that was on a Wednesday. He saw me that Sunday and said, uh, Elder Edmund, he said, guess what? The, the Cowboys, they called me back. Do you know the Cowboys went on to win their division and then they won the Super Bowl and guess who just happens to be the MVP of the Super Bowl that year? Larry Brown with two interceptions in that game and he ended up going across the world with an opportunity to say something about Christ. Everybody say that's prophetically said. Now, here's a third way that a promise can come. It can come through being conceived. Everybody can say conceived. Now, when you conceive something, it requires desire. Now, now just look at Mark 11, 24. It's going to come on the screen. This was Jesus talking. He says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever who desire? Who? You desire when you what? Listen, it's, it doesn't make sense to have a desire and not verbalize it. If you have a desire and you say something, God can't activate anything on the earth to make it work for you. He said, what things soever you desire, when who pray? You pray, believe that you what? There it is. Receive them and you shall what? See, some promises are conceived. Say conceived. And let me just give you a, a, a heads up on something that I'm going to make a point on. God will always honor his word and do what's best for the situation. I'm going to say that again because at the end I'm going to show you where some people get off of the track of faith because they get confused about what God did in a situation. Amen. So here's point number two. Remember now, the first point was that faith starts with the promises of God. Here's point number two. Faith grows through a process. Now, here's the one that I'm going to hammer down tonight. Because most people don't realize that faith involves a process. Amen. Now, remember last week we talked about Elijah who prayed that it wouldn't rain. And then he turned around and prayed that it would rain. Now, the reference to that Old Testament story is found also in the New Testament. Go to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Now, let me just reiterate, if you weren't here last week, what actually happened. Okay? God told Elijah that it was going to rain. There had, had been a drought for three years. So, the Bible says he went over there, put his head between his legs, and he prayed. And then he told his servant, go see if you see a cloud. He came back. He said, I don't see a cloud. He went back how many times? He went back seven times. Everybody said that's a process. But watch James chapter 5, look in verse 17. It says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for a space of how many years? Three years and six months. Watch verse 18. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Notice now, in James, it doesn't really show the process. But in the Old Testament, it shows us the process. Which is now, my point is that faith has a process. And many of us, we want to skip. Watch this. We want the promise and we want to skip the process so we can get to the payday. But it doesn't work like that. Now, watch this. The way this happens, everybody say seven times, 
is a process. It is during this process that I believe many believers need to hear the word and the promises the most. Because during the process, sometimes your situation doesn't match the promise. Sometimes what you're in the middle of, what God has said, looks like a contradiction in the natural. Listen, when we first started our church, and I was looking for land all over the place, we didn't have no money at the time to buy land, but how many know you don't look when you get the money, you look so you can get the money. And I looked and looked and looked and looked, and finally I found some land. And the family said, you know what, our aunt willed us this land, and she asked us to only sell it to a church. How many know I qualified at that point? We qualified. But for some reason, they owned 14 acres. They didn't want to break it up, so they said, well, Pastor Evan, we don't want to sell you just six. We want you to buy all 14. Well, how many know at that point, I said, well, Lord, look, uh, the, other, the other six ain't worth nothing. I'm not wasting kingdom money for that. And so I, I tried to convince them and it wouldn't work. Everybody say process. Now, in the middle of the process, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing what Elijah's doing. I got my head between my legs and I'm praying. I'm not going to give up just because what I see contradicts what I believe. So you know what I did? Well, I kept praying. Well, two years go by and another person Bought the land. Everybody said, that's a contradiction. And what made it bad is I called them up before they actually bought it and say, look, we own the frontage to this land. We own the frontage of 360. This is the back. This is where we want to start. And they said, well, looks like we're just going to be neighbors. And you know what? They bought that land. Now, see, if you're not fully convinced that the process works, you will throw in the towel in the middle of your faith fight. I didn't give it up. I said, well, Lord, look, I'm going to let you handle them. I didn't act ugly. I didn't have a devil ever moment. I just committed them to the Lord. You know, sometimes you have to commit people to the Lord. If somebody's not acting right, just commit them. If it's one of your co-workers, just look at them and say, you're committed. You're committed. Well, long story short, you all know the story. We ended up, watch this, I called the guy in January of last year and said, I don't know, for some reason I just want to see if you want to sell us land. He, he never got back with me. But in April, we got a call from the family who sold it to him and said, hey, he's behind on his payments. Do you want to buy it? But see, and then watch this, guess who we bought it from? We bought it from the guy who bought it. And you know what he said to me? He says, the favor's on you and your church. I'm not going to stop whatever, whatever I got to do to help y'all get it. I'm going to do that. Maybe I had favor with them so that I could hold it for y'all. And because of the process, we didn't have the cash at the time to buy it the first time. But by the time the process was over, we had cash. Come on now. Everybody say, the process is the point. Amen. In Luke chapter 17, go to Luke 17. So, because here's one of the part of the process. Remember, you got to hear the word. Because your circumstances are going to contradict what's going on in your life. And so, there was a situation in Luke chapter 17, verse 5. When the apostles 
who were, you know, Jesus' men, they had a problem. They ran into situation, a situation, and they asked him a question. Watch this now. It says, an apostle said unto the Lord, read it with me, increase, come on class, increase what? Now, I'm about to show you the secret to your faith increasing. He didn't do anything after they asked him that. Go to the next verse. But just speak the word to them. So the answer to your faith increasing during the process is to hear the word. Not just read it. Read it gives you comprehension. But hearing it brings you revelation. And notice he just began to say, and the Lord said... Well, what do you think the Lord is saying to them? The word. Amen. Let's look at real quick a process in Jesus' life. Go to Matthew 17. Matthew 17. Let's just look at a process in Jesus' life. Because sometimes when we see Jesus, we don't see him like the word does. Well, Jesus had to go through some processes in his own life. Can you say amen to that? Watch now Matthew chapter 17. Verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall what? Say unto the mountain, remove henceforth, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Notice your faith can do impossible things. Verse 21, how be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and what? Everybody say that sounds like process. He just told them, look, the reason y'all can't cast this demon out is because there's a process more than just your faith. He says, you know what? I know your faith needs to be there, but in this case, you need some prayer and fasting. And when you're in the middle of a faith fight in your life and you don't see things moving, you might have to turn your plate over and do a little fasting. Can you say amen to that? And it's at this stage that most believers lose their faith. Or just stop believing altogether. This is where Pistis faith, which has full conviction about the promise, comes in. Now, I'm going to give you a take-home thought. Everybody say take-home thought. Here it is. Many of us want the payoff of faith without going through the process of faith. Many of us want the payoff of faith, but not go through the process of faith. See, the process of faith is the part that teaches us to trust God on his promises, even though the process of the promise seems impossible. Almost every promise that God has given me and I have experienced personally had a process attached to it. Now, there are some situations where it didn't have a process. My faith was right there. Like when I locked my keys in the car one time and God told me to go use somebody else's keys to open my car door. And for the first time in my life, you know, I watched God just do something instant. I used their, their, their ignition key to use, open up my trunk key and my trunk opened up. I got to crawl through the back door. This is when I had my Nova. <laughs> and I pushed the back seat through and I got in, I unlocked the door. I got out the car. I put the trunk back down. I took that same key, stuck it in and it didn't work. Everybody say, that's instant faith right there. But most of the time, your experiences are going to have a faith process. Watch this now. When I got called to be a pastor, it was 1992. But I didn't start pastoring till 2005. 
Everybody say, that sounds like a process. Now, I don't know if I was dumb or what. But it was a process. Amen. When God gave me a vision where we should meet in our second location, which was at Seguin High School. He told me that's where we were to meet. I didn't even know that school was there. Went to the school, asked them. They said no three times. But guess what? Sometimes you got to go and ask again. Everybody said, that sounds like a process. When my wife and I desired to have Landon as our son, it took a process. Everybody say process is the point. Jesus knew he was called at 12 years old. And he thought it was time for him to pursue the cross. But the Bible says, nope, his parents said, you know, no, you got to come home with us. And the Bible says he was subject unto them. Listen, he knew at 12, he didn't start till 30. What's your problem? Amen. Now go to Mark 11. Go to Mark 11 real quick. Mark 11. Let me show you now the last piece of this because we know the process. And see, let me just say this. When you're walking by faith, when you're walking by faith, the steps are the same. It's the process that changes. You say, Pastor, what's the steps? The steps are easy. You first hear the word. Faith comes by how? Hearing the word. So you either receive, conceive, or you believe a promise. It comes that way. And then when you hear the word, the process starts. We don't know what that process is going to look like. But it doesn't matter if my God stays the same. He's still faithful. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. So all I have to do is believe in the unchanging hand of God. Amen. So, in Mark chapter 11, let me just show you a process, and then we're going to shut this down. Mark chapter 11, look at verse 22. Let me show you a process. And Jesus answered and said unto them. Now let me just give you a highlight of what happened. Jesus saw a fig tree and he was hungry that day. I guess he had been fasting. I guess it was an evening service that he was in. <laughs> he forgot to cook. So he was out there and the Bible says he went up to this fig tree and looked at it and it didn't have no figs on it. And the Bible says it should have. So he looked at the tree and he cursed the tree. He said, no man is going to eat fruit from you again. And then it says something very interesting. It said his disciples heard him. Which means that if you're going to walk by faith, you can't keep your mouth closed. See, this week you all should have been confessing favor was on the way for you. And so now we pick the story up in verse 22. And Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. Because when they saw the fig tree, it was dried up. A whole day went by. So even in that situation, what Jesus said to the tree, I believe it happened, but it started at the root where you couldn't see it. And the other day they came by and it was dead. So then they said, wait a minute, how do you do that? And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in who? God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, there your words go. That's a process of faith. You hear the word, you speak the word. Be removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, notice now, you continue to say something. And you see, people say, well, Pastor, do I need to pray more than once? I didn't say you had to pray more than once because once I know God heard me, I don't need to pray to him no more. What I need to do is thank him for what I, what I asked him to do. So what does that sound like? That sounds like the prayer of Thanksgiving. 
So some of you just need to let your surroundings know what's going on. Come on now, if your husband needs saving, just walk around the house. Father, thank you that me and my house shall serve the Lord. I declare that in Jesus' name. Now make sure he's not there. Let him feel it when he walk in. Ooh, what was that? Therefore, verse 24, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you play, believe you receive them. Now, now watch this now. Shall is future. Have is now. And in between the two is the process. Shall is the future. Have is the present. In between is the process. And I don't know what you need in your life today, but I'm saying to you, that all you have to do is ask, just like the song said, and you will receive. But in between, be ready for a faith fight. Now, if the fight don't come, just receive it like it was easy. But the Bible already told us to fight the good fight of faith. So listen, I would rather train for a fight that I never have than to not train and fight and get beat up. Amen. Shall is the future, have is now, in between the two is the process. Here's my third and final point. Faith has a payoff. Look at your neighbor and say, faith has a payoff. Now, now watch this now. This is why Galatians 6, 9 is so important. Now, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. I'm going to, I mean, out of the NIV. I'm going to read it out of the NIV and then I'm going to say it to you in the King James. Galatians 6, 9 in the NIV says, let us not become weary in doing what? Good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Notice he said it's at the proper time. Well, my question to you is who determines if that time is proper or not? God does. I know you're tired of being single. Come on now. <laughs> And some of y'all using the scriptures wrong. Well, he said, if you just burn, you just get married. Oh, no, no, no. You also have the Holy Spirit and the fruit inside of you, which called one of them is long suffering. Three words, suffering. You suffer, then you get a ring. Because you're going to suffer when you get a ring. So you might as well suffer in the midst of getting your ring. <laughs> I believe the payoff is great. But if you don't even respond to the payoff right, because let me tell you something. Let's say God blesses you. The miracle comes through. The blessing comes through. The promise comes through. Most people respond wrong when the promise comes through. You can even respond one or three ways when the promise happens. You can continue to crave and obey God to go to the next faith level, which is what we ought to do. But a lot of times we don't do that. You know what we do? Here's number two. Instead of craving to obey God to go to the next level, we get comfortable where we are and camp out at God's last blessing, not realizing that God wants us to keep growing. You didn't get to that last fake situation and overcame it by camping out at the one before. Do you know there's some people that didn't make it into the promised land? Because the land before they moved over to Jordan looked better than the promised land. 
See, that's what happens when you pick your own mate. Yeah, I'm talking to the singles today. Let me tell you something. There are some married people in this room who will tell you and testify. Do not pick your own husband or wife. Can I get an amen from somebody? Now, don't say it too loud if they sit next to you now. <laughs> a lot of times people camp out. They get comfortable. God blesses them. And they don't remember that the blessings of the Lord are not just for you. He blesses you so you can be a blessing. And most people just camp out because now the house is comfortable. They got the cars they want. They got money coming in. They got the job and the business they want. Listen, God's level is bigger. There's another level. Watch this now. And if people don't camp out, then this is what they do. We look at the last payoff as a crisis because things didn't work out the way we thought they would. You ever had a situation, and I'm going to help somebody right now, and I'm closing. You ever had a situation where you was believing God for somebody to live and they died? Most people get confused at that time. But see, maybe, remember I said that God honors his word and he does what's best. Maybe God saw a life of suffering down the road for that person and you didn't realize it. In fact, this is going to help somebody right now. Find your Bibles. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 18. This is our last verse. 2 Timothy 4.18. And I'm going to read this out of the NIV version because sometimes we get confused about what decision God made. But how many know God is perfect? And he's always good. And he always knows best. Well, watch this verse. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 in the NIV verse 18. The Lord will rescue me from how much evil? From every evil attack. But then it says, and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Well, which one of those promises are true? Both of them. What you don't realize is if that person did die and you thought they should have lived, what you don't realize is if they were saved, they made it to the heavenly kingdom faster. Oh, death didn't have a sting after that. Oh, do you know sometimes it's better to go to a place that we're going to spend most of our life on anyway than the temporary place? And there are some people here tonight that need to let some situations go that you didn't think worked out right. There are some people now need to understand there's a process that you got to work through because God will always honor his word and do what's best. And I'm declaring over your life that favor is on the way. You say, well, Pastor Evan, when is it coming? I don't know when it's coming, but I, knew, I know what I'm going to do until it comes. I'm going to keep declaring it. I'm going to keep believing it. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep... Father... Thank you that favor is on the way at Word of Truth Family Church. Thank you that it's going to reach every home. It's going to reach every job. It's going to reach every business. It's going to reach every relationship. It's going to reach every level. It's going to reach every person. It's going to reach children and homes and families in the name of Jesus. We declare favor for Cornerstone Baptist Church. We declare favor for Word of Truth Family Church. We declare favor for Arlington, Texas. We declare favor over everything that our hands will touch. In Jesus' name. And we give you the honor and the praise and the glory. 
Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I believe there's some people here today that you've had that first faith regarding Jesus Christ. Little faith, not enough to do nothing with, and you haven't made a decision. And I'm talking about a fully committed decision that I'm going to trust my life with Jesus Christ. So here's the question that I have for you today. If you died right now, my question is, are you 100% sure that heaven would be your home? Because if you're not sure,